Blog Talk Radio. Sports Talk fans, it's Saturday morning, time for a brand new episode of Weekend Sports Huddle. Is somebody fishing back there? <laughs> I'm getting some strange sounds on the... Or is that oh. Hunter? That's Hunter in his car. That's what's happening. Yeah, that's what it is, oh. Tom. That's, okay. Yeah. All right, well... Tom Pollan is back. He is back. And Hunter is shaking in his shoes. And we are in the host chair. And we got a big show taking place for you today. NFL Combine. Uh, taking place this weekend. How much of it matters? And why it may not matter all that much to the players, but man. Uh, the NFL media just eats this stuff up, and they create headlines like crazy. We're going to talk about that, especially one headline that's been created this week. It seems to be living on its own, uh, I don't know, just fanning its own smoke. Uh, then we're going to get into some NHL. Uh, Penguins really took one of chin the other day at Boston. Uh, Penguins on a three-game losing streak, and... I mean, after it looked rosy last week, uh, is it time to be concerned after the trade expert, uh, trade deadline? So our Penguin experts will explain why the answer is yes, but it's not time to panic. Don't panic. So, And if there's time, we'll take a look at Chicago Cubs early spring down in Arizona. But right now, I want to bring in my co-host, the man on the road right now, and... Yeah, you can tell he's on the road, but uh, Hunter Hody, Hunter, how you doing? I'm doing great, Tom. You know, I'm, uh, we're out for close to Baltimore, so if I see the Raven Stadium, I'm just gonna, I'll look at it. But I won't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah. Are you, are you going to? Uh... Hey, Dave. Dave. Don't Dave. It. Can I introduce you first? I should let you introduce me. I had a question yeah, for Hunter, but yes, go ahead with your go ahead with your intro. I, I am I am yeah. sorry. You don't talk till I say you talk. <laughs> right, okay. right. Right. Okay. All right. And coming to you, Atlanta, our executive producer, Mr. Media himself, Dave Holcomb. Dave, what's going on? Not too much. How are you guys doing? Now you may talk. Hunter, are you, are you going to, uh, are you uh, going to bite your, I think it's bite your thumb at uh, the Raven Stadium? I think that's the saying. Yes, yes, that, that is what I will be doing, Dave. That's correct. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's what. That's probably what you should do. I'm seeing Romeo and Juliet tonight, guys. So in the first scene, there's, there's some oh, biting God. of the thumb. Some biting well, of the how thumb. How are they? Uh, how are they doing? 
Oh, uh, they're, oh they're not good. I didn't, I didn't know they got back together. Me either. They are, Me either. They are questionable for tonight's show, um, but by the end, I think they will be at least doubtful. Oh, oh I think so. At the very least, if not out. All right. Yeah. And, boy, after this stellar opening, God, we need our fans to join this conversation. Please uh, give us a call, 516-387-1417. And you can also get with us on Twitter if you're just too shy to talk to us in person at WKD Sports Hub. And this show is brought to you by author Marco Pasaki. You'll learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you toward wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. And before we get started, I just want to give a quick shout-out to the Loyola of Chicago uh, University Ramblers, number, seat, number one seed in the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. Record is now 26-5, and five, and shooting for their first NCAA tournament bid since 1985, uh, when they wow. went to the Sweet 16. Yeah, I know. Wow. wow. Lost to hey, Georgetown. I have a shout-out. I have a shout-out. Uh, hang on a second. I, <laughs> you guys are something. Boy, I'm away for one week, and we just lose all discipline here, don't we? I'm telling you. <laughs> it all fell apart, Tom. Without you, yeah, we, oh, we all fell apart. I could tell. My God! All right, uh, but to finish off what I was saying, uh, <laughs> Loyola is going to be facing Bradley this afternoon, and if they can win that game, they play the winner of the Southern Illinois at Illinois State. Uh, game for the Missouri Valley Conference title. So, go Loyola Ramblers. It's about time, boy. You know, Chicago, since the Paul's kind of fallen on hard time, we've been looking for a, a college to get behind, um, you know, all for it. So, uh, Hunter, I believe you had a whisper uh, to uh, one of your teams uh, for this weekend. Uh, well, well, yeah, it's a shout-out, uh, you know. Shout out to my uh, the uh, Virginia Tech men's basketball team. They're going back to the NCAA tournament for the second year in a row. They beat uh, I don't know Dave if you caught the game against Duke, but that was a heck of an ending. I love seeing Grayson Allen sad. Um, I don't like that guy at all. But, uh, um, and now we uh, we we play today and to finish off uh, the regular season. Oh, we we play today. I thought you were driving home. Uh, thanks, Dave. That's yeah. nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. As I say, please, callers, uh, any audience members who want to uh, help us get this show back on track, please, 516 <laughs> All right. Let, let's get to some serious business here. Um the NFL Combine, which is going on this weekend, and and particularly the Lamar Jackson uh, situation, because this is really starting to, I don't know, it, it irritated the heck out of me yesterday because I tweeted one thing in the morning, and then in the afternoon it was like all of a sudden that wasn't the case anymore. I was tweeting about how uh, Jackson – 
you know, the report on the NFL Network by uh, Pete Schrager, who said that Jackson had been asked by numerous teams to work out a wide receiver. And I got very upset at that because that's what they used to do to black athletes, um, especially black quarterbacks. You were not allowed in pre-1970, you were not expected to be a court, uh, be a black football player and be a quarterback. Uh, that was just unheard of. Uh, you wanted black players as your wide receivers, as your running backs, but darn well didn't want one quarterback in your team. But, and, and it seemed like we had taken a step back. Then yesterday afternoon, Jackson goes up on the podium and says, well, nobody's asked me to work out a wide receiver. So, you know, now I'm just at a point, and this morning I look on Google, and I see headlines about writers writing about why Lamar Jackson should not be a wide receiver, and why he should be working out a quarterback. This was all dispelled yesterday. Uh, I mean, do we have a bunch, are we stuck with a bunch of NFL experts who kind of, uh, Feeding off the same manure fork here because it seems like it's uh, really shoveling some crap uh, on this story. Dave, go ahead. <laughs> Welcome to draft season, Tom. I, I think this <laughs> yeah. is kind of the Welcome way it, it just—it's just the way it works, unfortunately, in in, in modern media. Um, and it started with with Bill Polian uh, from ESPN. He's one of their. I don't think he's a draft expert, but he's their player personnel expert or whatever for the NFL. So they're asking him about prospects on, I think it was, um, what's that new radio show in the morning? Not Mike and Mike, Wingo and Mike or whatever. Trey Wingo and Mike Golick. Yeah, I think uh, right. Yeah, he was on that show a couple weeks ago now in February. And he just says that he thinks Jackson should play wide receiver. He should work out with wide receiver, make the, make the – switch right now rather than waiting like Terrell Pryor did start your NFL career as a wide receiver he said he's very electric with the ball um, fantastic uh, in open space blah 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 um, but that he was too short too slender to uh, play quarterback and I think you could that, that there's a couple things to take away from that yes since then that opinion has taken a life of its own and just exploded in the Twitter sphere and, and online. Everybody writing about why or why not Jackson should play wide receiver, regardless of what NFL teams think. We've just all jumped on this opinion, attacking it or supporting it. Um, I think your point about you know the racial undertones are is very valid if you want to uh, rip Pulliam for that, because I, I think it's just absurd for him to say that we love Jackson with the ball in his hand, but then, oh, he should play wide receiver. Well, you know, he's going to touch the ball more if he plays quarterback than if he plays wide receiver. Right. Why Why can't yeah. a, a running quarterback work in the NFL? I think <clears> it's such a stone age idea that running quarterbacks don't work in, in the league. But um, So that's, I think that's the opinion I would – he's a dinosaur. You're right. And I, that was the last point I was going to make from – from what I took away from Polian's comments, that he's so out of touch. I don't even think he, he's worth listening to as an analyst. Uh, I, I know he's a Hall of Fame executive, and a lot of people came out of the woodwork and, and made that point supporting him, but uh, 
there's a reason why he got fired in Indianapolis. He couldn't give uh, Peyton Manning a, a defense in order to win the Super Bowl. Peyton Manning in his prime only won once with Indianapolis, and, and yeah. I think yes, yes, I know, a big I know, part of why was Polian. I know he only won me once. Yes, I, I'm well aware of that. Everybody in Chicago is well aware of that. Okay, well, okay, Tom. <laughs> yeah, that one, yeah, that one victory, uh, we kind of witnessed that one ourselves. So yeah, oh, I like that victory. That was a fun victory. Yeah, I got the power of your mic this morning, uh, Hunter. Uh, if you want to make a comment, you better make it quick. <laughs> well, <clears throat> about this Lamar Jackson stuff, um, have these people watched him play in college? That's my biggest question, honestly. If they've ever watched him, they'd know this guy is probably the greatest – he was the greatest quarterback during one of the seasons. He won the Heisman Trophy. I mean, he yeah. carried an awful Louisville team, and they got um, – I know they won the Citrus Bowl, but if they actually had decent pieces around him, that, that's a national championship team. Uh, he, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks I've seen come through college in a long time. The numbers, he, I mean, look, his numbers speak for himself. If anyone thinks he should change to wide receiver, you know, they're either just, it's just quick bait or it's just garbage. Well, well, it could be the same thing. Well, and, and the thing is, I've seen some people on Twitter try to defend it this week, say, well, you know, there are plenty of white quarterbacks that have been asked to uh, switch positions, uh, try at this posi- different positions. Well, not, uh, not Heisman Trophy winning white quarterbacks. Yeah, right? exactly. You know, that's the thing. Uh, you know, I, I haven't heard of any of them being asked to uh, – Work out at wide receiver. Uh, Tim Couch tried to tried to salvage his career after starting his quarterback. He tried his career as a wide receiver, but he came out as a quarterback. Heisman Trophy uh, winners come out as quarterbacks. All right. Yeah. And okay, you know, Polian does come from that time more than 1970. And you know, I hate to say, it, but yeah, it's a terrible attitude. And he's probably still hanging out to it. Because, you know, because at that time until 1970, when James Harris broke in uh, with the Rams as their starting quarterback, you know, for one thing, you didn't have like, quarterbacks in college either, unless you went to uh, uh, Grambling or Alcorn State or one of the all-black universities and bring that conference. But you know, it wasn't until James Harris came in, Doug Williams, both of them came in from Grambling. Uh, Warren mm-hmm. Moon, even after that, Warren Moon had to go to Canada for two years to prove himself. So, Who? you know, Warren Moon. Okay, yeah, I know that is. So, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> you know, and, and that, and as I say, that drove my, my tweet earlier that morning thinking, well, here are all these teams because I'm taking this NFL insider at his word that his sources have told him the teams have asked Jackson. Uh, as I say, are we just at a point now where this thing is taken on a life of their own because we have so many analysts? I, this, this should have been dead 
after Jackson went on the podium <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, it should have. I don't, it needs to die. I don't know when it's going to die. Um, it, it doesn't. It just makes no sense to me. Are, are people going to make like Josh Rosen go to wide receiver from UCLA or Josh Allen from Wyoming, who probably I don't even think he's that good in the class, honestly. Lamar's going to be a mid-round pick, if you ask me. But you know, I'm not a draft analyst. But I've just that's what I've seen where he's going to be mocked. But you 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 draft him as a quarterback. You know, you learn put him under a system, have him learn. He may maybe be the starter of the future, but his numbers in college speak for itself. If any, if this keeps continuing, I don't know what these people are are thinking in their heads. It makes no sense to me. Well, I'll tell you why the story is not going to die. It's because people keep clicking on the stories, and people are going to editors, writers Clickbait, are going to keep Clickbait. keep writing on. But it's not necessarily clickbait. Fans want to read about it. Fans are intrigued with this topic. They want to read about. But they they want to read about why Bill Polian thinks he should play wide receiver. The story is the analyst. But he's the only one who said it. Nobody else has has come out on the record to say this. There's there's other people supporting him. I I I don't agree with Polian. Nobody in the NFL has said this. No, you're right. So why you're right. No one in the hard. NFL has. Because it's draft season, and we have all kinds of opinions from everywhere coming out. Oh, yeah. And, and they're going to be written about, and they're going to be yeah. shared. Oh, yeah. Too, too many experts for sure. uh, eating from the same manure for. Right. You're absolutely right. I agree. We're saying the same thing. Um, <laughs> one, I want to get to one other point about Jackson. If you want to have a hot take – I'm okay with it. I'll probably just ignore it, but whatever, fine. Say, have, a, have a hot take, but form your opinion with good analysis. And that was the real problem I had with Polian, because Polian yeah. said that Lamar Jackson was too short and too thin. Lamar Jackson what? came in at the combine over 6'2", six 6'2 two, six two and a quarter, and 216 pounds. He is the right. same size that Andy Dalton was, when he was uh, at the NFL Combine in 2011. Exact oh same size. 6'2", well, so- I don't know why they do two-eighths, but it was two-eighths, a quarter inch, 6'2", hmm. quarter inch, 216 pounds. That is not a small man. That is a man that well, – it's, it's he's not as big as Big Ben. He's not as big as Cam Newton, but he can play quarterback. Do not make your argument that he can't play quarterback because of his Watch size. His that, that's my Watch big point. Film. I agree. You're right. But that's the thing. You know, you've you got so many. I, I agree with the punk. I think this is all clickbait. You've got people who, who yeah, you have grabbed onto this, and, you know, it generates page clicks. It's still generating page clicks when it really shouldn't. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, and you're right, Dave. Boy, you are right. It's draft season. And it's just gotten to the point where, and that's another issue I have with this, is everyone's a scout. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've heard you say that before, and that's really true. I, I was watching and, and, the and, Combine yesterday, and it's very easy to form, to start acting like a scout, start forming opinions and whatever. I, I try not to do it. I just try to watch, if I make the time to, watch the Combine, just watch it for fun. 
really the, re- the, the biggest reason why I tune into the Combine, guys, I want to see what running backs I might draft for my dynasty fantasy team. That, that's what I'm most <laughs> oh, God. actually. That, that, oh, no, seriously, God. that that is the number one reason because I don't think all the other stuff is is minutia to me. But but maybe oh. I can find a, a, the next Kareem Hunt um, at the NFL Combine if I watch. That, that's that's why I'm, I'm tuning in. Yeah, his name's Saquon uh, Barkley. Um, yeah. No, Saquon <laughs> Barkley is is the next. Uh, um, I don't know. The next All-Pro. Wave, I, 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 Kareem Bell. Hunt was a third-round pick. Saquon Barkley's going to go, like, number two. All right, guys, I know, yeah. we, gotta, we do have to take a break. We're going to get into some combine talk. Let, let's run a commercial, and we're going to come back, and let, let's talk about the combine overall, and uh, okay. we can start making some of these arguments. And So we will be right back. On Weekend Sports Huddle, remember, if you got an opinion, if you want to get in on this conversation, 516-387-1417. And we'll be back in just a moment. Are you looking for a fun and creative way to enjoy fitness? Whether for health, wellness, or as a hobby, Katie Sunshine Hoops is the answer. Affordable, custom-made by-hand hula hoops, fitness hoops, art pieces, Hoop dancing videos and advice are available at www.katysunshinehoops.com. And we're back on WRSP Radio's Weekend Sports Huddle. This is Tom Pollan, along with Hunter Hodes and Dave Holcomb. This show is brought to you by author Mark Osakio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you toward wealth and health. For more at www.marcosakio.com. Guys, we do, before we get into our combine conversation, we do have a caller. Caller, you are on the air. Hey, Tom, it's Gary from Delaware. How are you? Gary, it's great to hear from you. What's on your mind today? Well, I'm not calling in to support Bill Poland. I completely (laughs) agree with all of the racial uh, issues that you're bringing up. But I think there is a perspective on what he's not how he said it, but what he said that makes some sense. Hear me out. I yeah. agree, Lamar Jackson, fabulous college player. But how many fabulous college quarterbacks, including Heisman Trophy winners, have there been that haven't made the step to the pros and become extremely successful there? I mean, go back oh. to Gary Beban, go back to Charlie Ward. That guy who played quarterback once for Florida. I mean, there's there's dozens of them. Look, I the names that Hunter just doesn't know because they were before he was born. But uh, <laughs> okay. you know what, Tom? You know what, Tom? Oh. <laughs> but I, I do Lee. agree. I agree with you there, uh, Gary. You're right. There's been plenty and some of, those of quarterbacks. Some of those guys are white. I, 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 there's no color here in my comment. I think what I, I meant to say is that here's a guy that there are some question marks associated with his skill level as it pertains to the pros. I'm not okay. saying he's too short or too small, but mm-hmm. we've got a history, you know, dozens of years of history with it's really, really hard to, to pick out the guy from college is going to make the successful transition to be a good pro quarterback. At the same time, you've got Jackson that has unbelievable skills. 
And to see him as success at a wide receiver or a slash Cordell Stewart, but yet another example of a guy that didn't make the transition. Right. Um, you know, so, so I think what he should have said is here is a fabulous football player. He may be successful at the quarterback position, and we, God, I hope so. But he's got so many skills that the probability of him being successful at wide receiver may actually be considerably higher. And, gee, wouldn't it be interesting to consider him at that skill position? Now, I agree, again, all the racial stuff, I completely agree with you. Your analysis about why it took so long to have black quarterbacks, shame on the United States, shame on the NFL. But I think if he had explained it from that perspective, maybe it wouldn't have been so controversial. Okay, and, and I get where you're coming from with that. I do understand that. Uh, but my take is that it, you know, none of these other and, – and you are so right that it, it's, it's tough to pick out a quarterback and say this guy is, this guy isn't. Uh, you just don't know until you get them uh, in the camp, until you get them on an NFL field and see what they can do. Uh, and even then, sometimes it takes multiple years before yes, you know. It does. You know, look at Goff yeah. out on the West Coast. We yeah. all thought he was a bust, you know. Jeff Fisher. Jeff maybe Fisher. he's not That's after that. <laughs> That's Jeff well, Fisher. Well, yeah, uh, if, if I can weigh in, I, I was going to – Hunter stealing my thunder. I think a lot of this has to do with coaching. Uh, Jeff Fisher – was terrible for Jared Goff. Jeff Fisher was terrible for Nick Foles. He was terrible for Case Keenum. He was terrible for Case Keenum. All three of those quarterbacks did well this last year under different coaching staff. He's terrible. So, it's amazing Steve McNair was able to make a name for himself with uh, Jeff Fisher as a coach. Yes. Wasn't Steve McNair successful before Jeff Fisher became coach? I don't remember exactly, but. Yeah, I believe he was. I I think you're right. Steve McNair may have been an exception. I'm not sure I'm going to give Jeff. Actually, I like Jeff Fisher when he was coaching, but I'm not sure I'm going to give Jeff Fisher credit for Steve McNair. All the other guys, including my favorite, you know, Vince Young, uh, who had every skill possible. Uh, Why he couldn't turn Vince Young into a successful pro quarterback is beyond me, but. I agree. Yeah. Uh, again, though, it's it's coaching. I think if, if Vince Young was in a better – if he was in a better system, I agree with you, Hunter. Uh, Fisher was not a good offensive coach. And I, I have a quote here that I want to <laughs> read, and this, I think this uh, applies perfectly to our discussion. Um, we're witness, And after I read the quote, I want you to guys guess who, who it's from. We're witnessing the evolution of offensive football. Anyone who says you have to establish the run before you can do anything is fooling themselves. They're living in the deep, dark past. The game has totally changed in a matter of eight to ten years, and especially in the last three or four. People are out of the shotgun. They have mobile quarterbacks, multiple receivers, and they're throwing the ball like crazy. For the NFL ever to say again that they're, they aren't producing quarterbacks in college is just ridiculous. Anybody know who said that? It sounds like something uh, Doug Peterson would say from the Eagles because he's very analytic. Yeah, I really I okay. haven't heard the quote, so I, I really or Sean don't Mc, know. Or Sean, or Sean McVay. It's, it sounds like one of those two would say that. Gary, do you have a guess? 
No, I sure don't. It, I would say nobody from Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, I don't know. Guys, Bill Walsh said this in 2005. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And I just think it, it just hits the, hand, the, the nail right on the head that if Lamar Jackson – I agree with you, Gary. If Lamar Jackson, I don't know if Lamar Jackson's going to be a great NFL quarterback, but I think he should get a chance. And I think if he goes to a system where they embrace all of his skills behind center, yes. he can be Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, I know it's still a small sample size, but he was a special player in the six, seven games he played. I yes. think Lamar Jackson can be that. If he goes to a Jeff Fisher type coach that, no, you can't run around, no, you have to throw from the pocket then he's going to fail. Then he will fail. But if he goes to a team that embraces all of his skills and isn't going to be this old-school Bill Polian type, if they're going to embrace the new NFL, if they're going to be like Doug Peterson who changed his playbook once he got a different quarterback, that's why they won the Super Bowl because he didn't keep the same style. He changed it for Nick Foles. You can't keep the same offense for every player. Every player is different. Lamar Jackson is special. You have to embrace his skill set. Mm-hmm. On that same note, yeah. and not, I got out of you guys here. I agree with you, Dave, but we don't know who's going to draft Lamar Jackson. Let's suppose, just wild guess, <laughs> I hate to pick at the Browns, but let's suppose it's an organization like Cleveland. If you're Lamar Jackson, you're going to Cleveland. Do you want to go there as a quarterback, or do you want to go there as a football athlete prepared to play whatever position you can contribute the most? Oh, God. I would argue uh, that, it, that without – Cleveland has not shown for many years they can develop a quarterback despite having drafted a bunch of pretty good guys. Yeah. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I would rather play wide receiver at Cleveland because I don't think yeah, I can but, be a successful quarterback, given the history you, of the Browns. You've got to give him the chance to come out and play the position first. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. That, that's all I'm saying is, is give him the chance. He's earned the chance to come out and play the position. Mm-hmm. I, and I think the the other thing that we're kind of overlooking, and I, I read this in a story yesterday, just clicking on all kinds of stories. I guess the clip, clickbait was working for me, Tom. Uh, <laughs> I was reading about Lamar Jackson, and he had a quote at the, the Heisman uh, ceremony this last year. He told a media person that he can't catch. That could be a big reason why he he's not embracing wide receiver. Is and, and when you think about it, how talented Lamar Jackson is. Louisville did not run any trick plays with him. Didn't run him out as a no. wide receiver or anything. The Patriots used Tom Brady as a wide receiver, uh, but yeah. Louisville didn't use Lamar Jackson as a receiver. It could be because yeah. the guy just can't catch. Maybe that could be a big reason why he that won't play be. receiver. That's, that's yeah, not very well to be that. Gary, want to thank you for the call. Some great points, as, as always, and uh, we're going to move on. Tom, love, love the show. Love the show. Yeah. Thanks for letting me weigh in. Oh, absolutely. Anytime, Gary. Glad to have you. That's Gary from Vermont, and uh, a lot of great points uh, <laughs> about not Lamar Jackson, but uh, you know, we're going to head into the combine now, and uh, yay. Yeah. And, and my, <laughs> I, I I don't know how much time we're going to spend on this, but uh, I did see a quote 
just before we came on the air, uh, former scout NFL front office uh, uh, personnel guy, Greg Gabriel, tweeted before the show, he goes, why are combine measurables important? And he answers his question, says consistency, same play, same surface, same timing device, same venue. But do the actual events, I mean, does it make a difference to what you're getting when you draft these players and get them on the field in August? I'm going to leave that to you, Dave. Uh, <laughs> I never go first um, anymore. <clears throat> thanks, Tom. I, uh, who, who was that? Y- who yes. Was that? Somebody just said something <laughs> around you, Dave. I don't know. Uh, I think somebody should have been nicer to me this morning. Okay, Hunter, why don't you go ahead and take it? Uh, <laughs> thank you, Tom. That's very nice of you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tom is one week. Tom's gone, and then he come be like, he comes in like a lion. God, I'm telling you. Um, all right, all right, all right. So, um, <laughs> I haven't watched too much of the combine, but you know, I think it, it plays its purpose. But like, I think it really shouldn't move uh, a person's draft stock so far up because oh, wow, he had such a great combine. I'm like, I do like to see the 40 yard dash. You know, you can see how fast they are. Um, the drills, uh, especially for the quarterbacks, I like watching those to see how, how accurate they are. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> I think the biggest stock, you know, like, th- th- is their film. So I've seen some people be like, well, you know, the combine, it really measures to see how, how, how well they stack up. And it's like, uh, what are you talking about? What's going through your brain? But what the film and the play through college is definitely the biggest one. Um, I love I love Mike Mayock. We were talking about it earlier this week. I remember Mike Mayock's outstanding. Um, he, his his draft analyst is is, is just picture perfect and he's and, hilarious and too. Let let me chime in here for a second, Hunter, because yeah, Mike Mayock did say I read an article uh, from him this week, and he did say that he does look at players at the combine. But what the combine really does is gets him to go back and watch the tape on a player. If a player excels at the combine, it, it convinces him to go back and watch the tape. And see, that's uh-huh. where I've always been with the combine. You know, you, you, don't don't replace the tape with what you see at the combine. Uh, yeah. But if, if you see something special, let's go back to the tape and see if there's something really worth. Uh, seeing here, because to me, the 40-yard dash, three-cone drill, vertical jump, broad jump, shuttle run. Hey, how much does that transfer into uh, NFL skills? That I, how much? I, I guess that tells you a few things about maybe your running back, uh, whether a receiver can cut. Uh, but I mean the high jump. I, does it really matter how high a receiver can jump if he can't come down with the ball? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Uh, I, I, there have been a lot of examples of guys that excel in the combine, and they're not good football players. They're just really good athletes. Right. Uh, and and, and they don't end up and that's what translating I on the field. Always say. You can be a great athlete and not be a good football player. That drives me nuts every year. Just because right. you're a good athlete does not make you a good football player. 
Yeah. And, yeah, and absolutely, that, absolutely. So, and, and that kills me because, yeah, I think some guys put a lot of stock into into what they're seeing. Uh, yeah. Can't wait to see Mel, Mel Kuyper's new mock draft after the combine, guys. Can't wait. <laughs> well, it'll be the first oh of God. many. Let's let's put it that way. Uh, yeah. Because he's always, <laughs> he's always has to have a mock draft he can come back to and say, well, he predicted this. And, I know, yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. So you're going to see about the first of two dozen coming out from Mel Kuyper uh, this week and, and in the following weeks. So – and it's amazing because all these mock drafts come out. We haven't even started free agency yet. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> but you, the the needs of certain teams can completely change after two weeks. Uh, absolutely. The, the Steelers, in particular, if they don't sign Le'Veon Bell, do they draft a running back in the first round? I think they could. But uh, oh if they God. sign Bell, oh, they're Dave, not. Stop. Hunter, stop, Hunter, stop. be quiet for a minute. Hunter. Le'Veon Bell is not guaranteed to be signed. He's not guaranteed to be signed. Oh my God! And it cha- completely. They're going to let him. If you think they're going to let him walk, uh, you you got another thing coming. Hunter, they have seventy-two hours. Deadline's March. 6th. That that's for the franchise tag deadline. And then the free okay. agency starts yeah. the next week. Okay, yeah. but you can continue to sign him. Okay, okay. we'll see. Fine. Yeah, right, it's, we'll coming, it's coming down the wire. They're still they're still working. Kevin Colbert said this week. All right. If, if they okay. let if they, if they let him walk, I'm going to be absolutely disgusted if they do that. That's so stupid. You I know, think if they let him walk, they'll have this. a good reason to. Yeah, you know, and you might just see that next deal is running back here at the combine. So, all um, oh, pass. Right, that's, I, that's, I have, Hunter. That's all. That's that's my only point. My point is, if I'm not weighing in on whether they should bring Bell or not, resign Bell or I not. Know. I'm just saying, if they don't resign him, then they're the the mock draft for the Steelers looks a lot different. That's my point. Yes, right. I was giving you. So doing mock drafts now really doing mock drafts now really means nothing. But right, you yeah, know, right. you're going to see plenty of them from uh, all of our experts. But you know that. To finish off, there's one quote that I saw you know, a while ago that that just really strikes me about how some of these skills transfer uh, to NFL players. And, Dave, I know you know this. Uh, Bum Phillips uh, coached a little bit before you were born. Uh, uh, you know his son, Wade Phillips there, uh, Hunter. But... Bum Phillips, when he was asked about his concern that Earl Campbell had trouble finishing a mile run, uh, answered, when it's fourth and a mile, I won't give it to him. So, uh, <laughs> you know, and I have the same feeling about the 40-yard dash and some of these other uh, activities at, at the combine. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I, I think it's more for the media than, than anything, to be honest, and for the fans. You know, Hunter said he likes watching the 40-yard dash. I mean – yeah, it's a way to measure players, but it's a way for the media to say, oh, this was the fastest running back. Read our story and find out who the second running back was, fastest running back. And, oh, yeah. and if yeah, you have time to watch the NFL Combine, then you might tune in and be like, oh, okay, they're running the 40. I want to watch this. Yeah. I think the best thing to watch is the offensive linemen run the 40. That, to me, is very entertaining. 
Well, you know, because I, I forget a guy from Ohio State ran the 40, and I forget his name, and I should know it, but it, it just escapes me at the morning. Ran a very slow 40-yard dash, and now everybody's saying that his brass stock has fallen uh, dramatically. I mean, well, <laughs> yeah, really? That's that's what's silly. That That's what's silly. But uh, Oh, my God. You know, I want Tom. Oh, I want to see your forty-yard dash. Tom, I want to see you run a forty-yard dash. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. I, I, I do. have no illusions about how fast I am. Uh, so, <laughs> guys, we're gonna we'll take, take Tom to break. The- we we got to get another commercial in. Uh, when we come back, uh, a Bears all-time great has retired this week, and we're gonna get into some of the Pittsburgh Penguins' problems. Who? Uh, are missing, really missing their number one goalie, and it seems to be, you know, if you're a Stanley Cup playoff team, that's the one thing you can't afford. But we're going to take a quick break. We will be right back on WRSP's Weekend Sports Huddle. Einstein and New is Jennifer Millius' exciting new children's book series about two black and white cats who are brother and sister and have great adventures. The first book, Einstein and the Leap, is all about playful Einstein. Suitable for children of all ages and cat lovers alike, Einstein and the Leap is a wonderfully written and illustrated book that will capture your heart. Buy your copy of Einstein and the Leap today at www.rsplaunchpad.com, Amazon, or Barnes & Noble Nook. And we're back on Weekend Sports Huddle. This is Tom Powell, along with Hunter Hodes. Give us a call. We probably have time for one more caller. If you want to get into conversation, 516-371-417. This show is brought to you by author Marco Sacchio. Learn the secret of the human mind. And laws of the universe have a guide you toward wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. And remember, you can follow the show on Twitter, at WKD Sports Huddle and on Facebook. Look for us at Weekend Sports Huddle. Give us a like, join the conversation. Let me tell you, Davis started doing uh, Facebook Live. So, you know, you might want to join us on Facebook and, uh, and get some of Dave's takes uh, during the week. So, it's, yes, it's, you know, a lot and, of fun. And, He's got something figured out. MC's new beautiful haircut. There you go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, the beard, beard got trimmed too. Although by next yeah, week, I saw I that. Probably, probably won't yeah. be that fresh anymore by next week. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. All right. Uh, last week, I, a little bit surprising to me. I really didn't expect this, but kind of came out of the blue. Uh, Matt Forte, number two uh, rusher on the Bears' all-time rushing list, uh, number two on the. Bears all-time yards from scrimmage list announced his retirement from NFL last week. A quick question for Hunter. Hunter, do you know who's first on the Bears all-time rushing list? And, and just can't be played before you were born. But he did exist. Bear, Bear, Barry Sanders? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Walter Payton, man. Awesome. Yep. Yep. Sweetness, Walter Payton. So, I just Tom, how, how much the, of Walter Payton did you watch? Oh, I watched his entire career. Oh, oh okay. man, was it? I don't know. 
I watched his entire career. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I, I wish I was alive. I wish I was alive to see his career. I'm telling you, the man was special. Really was special. Not fast, fast. Again, another guy who probably, I don't know what he would have done at a combine with a 40-yard dash, but uh-huh. you know, just just a guy. You know, if you if you went to tackle him. Uh, his quote was, you know, you bring your load, I'll bring my load, and, and we'll see who wins. And, you know, he was not afraid of contact and just an incredible player. But yeah. we're talking Matt Forte right now. Uh, and as usual, when a player like Forte retires, a uh, longtime uh, runner, longtime player, there's a lot of immediate talk about whether <clears throat> his uh, stats stands up to Hall of Fame standards. And I, I looked it up after he retired. He finished number 33 on the all-time rushing list, uh, number 28 on the all-time yards from scrimmage list, but never had all that great of yards per carry average. Uh, what do you guys, being outside of the Chicago market, uh, we're going to go to Dave first this time, Hunter. Sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> all right. I'm, I, Tom, Tom, Tom's dead next time I host. Uh, do you do you have a strong opinion on Matt Forte? I'll let you I think first, I, th- I, I think he's in the Hall of Very Good. That's my take. Okay. That's what do you think, Dave? What do you think? You I ahead. think that's right. Right now, that's how I feel as well. Um, I, 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 but I do think he was an underrated player. And I and I, hmm. what I think is interesting is the running back position has changed over the last five years. I'll say. I think actually, yeah. when we look back on this this era. Le'Veon Bell, if I if I dare bring him up again without Hunter getting mad at me, um, <laughs> I think he he cha- I think he was the beginning of the change, in in backs doing everything. They, they not only are they carrying the ball, they're they're great receivers. They're lined up out outside. Bell Bell is that mm-hmm. Bell pass blocks very well. But Matt Forte did all of those things far before Le'Veon yeah. Bell came into the league, and. Um, Sure, he didn't run. Run. He never led the league in rushing. Um, he never led the re- league in yards per carry. His yard, yards per carry average is probably just a little average, right? But mm-hmm. um, the way we're going to judge running backs in 10, 15, 20 years is going to change, and, and maybe that'll elevate Forte to a higher level of uh, elite because uh, he really did do everything well. Really, he did everything really well. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, you're right. He was kind of, you know, the all-purpose back before you really got uh, a lot of these all-purpose backs uh, in, in the league. But, and, yeah, did, did a lot of things well, boy. And and that's the main thing. If you got Matt Forte, if you got him one step in open, in open space – uh, he was incredibly difficult to bring down, and that—that's why he was uh, one of the main strengths, one of his main, uh, uh, one of the main things he did for the Bears is he, you know, you could not allow him to get a step on you because you'd miss him. Uh, incredibly elusive. Uh, I, I kind of always compared him during his career to Lashawn McCoy. McCoy was the same style running back who could always do things out of the backfield, but but was also a very effective running back too. 
He had uh, at least 1,400 yards from scrimmage in each of his first seven seasons. Yeah. I really incredible. Yeah, and he had so, some huge seasons, 1,900 yards from scrimmage, 1,800, 1,700 another year. So Was he was yeah, he in he, the league yet when, when the uh, Bears went to the Super Bowl, or was he not there yet? He wasn't there yet. Oh, uh, he was there. He oh, was okay. there. Oh, no, he was not there. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, okay. No, he I got thought, there two years later. Uh, okay. No, he played in an NFC championship game for the Bears, but was not in the Super Bowl for the Bears. Oh, yeah, I guess uh, Green Bay. That's right. That was yeah. the game Jay Cutler got hurt. Yes, yeah. yes, it was. Uh, you know, the one year where he did have uh, 1,009, you know, 1,933 yards mm-hmm. from scrimmage, uh, he actually, the last four games of that season, still finished fifth in yards from scrimmage. They, you know, that's how oh, incredible wow. season he was having. Uh, your alarm's just off, Hunter. Uh, wake up. It's, uh, <laughs> time to wake up for the show. But, uh, Wake up. Yeah, I agree with you, Dave, that he was underrated, uh, fantastic back, fantastic character guy. Uh, we're sorry to leave, see him leave Chicago. And uh, I, I still would like to see the Bears sign him to a one-day contract and let him retire as a Chicago Bears. Uh, really think that would be a fitting end to his career. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, that, that would be really nice if that happened. That, that would be very yeah. appropriate. I think so. Uh, we're going to transition next right now, the last 10 minutes of the show, get into some NHL hockey. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins have really taken it on the chin uh, this uh, past week uh, on the three-game losing streak. What the heck is going on? Hunter, you. are you okay? I think Hunter was dying there. I don't know. Somebody was strangling him. Uh, did, Hunter? I, I, is he is he there? He still shows that he's oh. here. We might have lost him. Maybe, lost maybe he muted him. his phone. I'm of the... here. Hello. There he oh, okay. is. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay. okay. Are we talking about um, our penguins now? Time for me and Dave no, to I talk thought, about that. I, I thought you were laying dead at the side of the road somewhere. You know. Oh, yeah. I, Tom, yeah, I got ran over. But, yeah, we're getting into the penguins now. I'm going to finish off the show with the penguins. Uh, you know, and, and penguins are finding out what the Chicago Blackhawks found out a couple of weeks ago. You lose your yeah. number one goalie. And and boy, you know, in this in this era of salary cap, uh, uh, to have that top number two backup, boy, you one and you're really in trouble. Uh, you can go ahead and uh, weigh in now, uh, our hockey expert, Mr. Hunter Hodes. Oh, uh, so. Um, it, it was really unfortunate to see uh, uh, Matt Murray uh, go out. Apparently, he was hit by a uh, puck in the head at, at practice of all times. I mean, I mean, yeah. watch out for that. Oli Mata. Apparently, the victim was Oli Mata. That's just as unlucky as you can get. I mean, he's had some of the most. I mean, people are going to sit here and you know the injury prone name. You know, he. I mean, he has been hurt. You know, he has. He's been hurt a few times. Yet. I mean, but he had another concussion by Braden Shen that elbowed him in the head. 
against the Flyers um, in the World Cup. He um, uh, someone broke his hand. His hand. Yeah, broke. Yeah. Someone skated into his hand and broke his hand. And he's had some of the most unluckiest injuries I think I've seen from a player. It's it's really sad. Um, and he was just starting to get hot too. Um, I mean, Dave. Well, let's be real. He's not Bo Bennett here of all people. Guy got hurt celebrating for God's sake. But I mean, <laughs> it, 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 it is a little. It sucks that he's been hurt like that. He's such a great goalie. But um, people do forget that, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury had a couple concussions when he was in Pittsburgh. I think just a couple seasons ago he was out for three months with a concussion, and they they ended up surviving. Um, and, and this year he had a concussion too. But um, And then yeah. he had um, – usually Jari and DeSmith don't play like that. That was kind of odd to see. Jari's been very good this year, I, th- I think, um, aside from a couple games. But – uh yeah, but it looks like he's coming back though soon. Uh, he skated uh, yesterday, so that means uh, it shouldn't be symptom free. Uh, so he should hopefully be coming back in the next week or so, which will will be huge. I know they played the Islanders today, so um, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be big. I agree with you, Hunter, that it, the the injuries have been somewhat unlucky for for Matt Murray, um, but I think moving forward we still have to ask the question, how confident are we that he's going to be healthy for this playoff run? Uh, he's, this is now, what, the second time he's been out of the lineup, or is it the third this season? Uh, Mur- I'm I talking about Matt yeah, Murray. Se- se- yeah, second. Second Second time? Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll ask you, how, how confident are you that, let's say, you know, best, situ- best, best scenario, Murray's back next week. How confident right. are you that, that Matt Murray is going to be healthy from the, the middle of March to the middle of June. If he can't survive, it's, there's less than 20 games left. I mean, and there's still back to backs. If he gets hurt, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't understand that honestly. I, I'd be a bit. I with 20 less than 20 games left, I'd be a bit surprised. Honestly, I mean, he surprised. got hurt at the end of last season. Hurt, what, what I know. Was it then yeah, he did a groin. That I think was, it was a groin. That was, that was a yeah. That was a. He, I think yeah, he tore a groin. That was brutal. Hmm. Well, and so that's I, the I problem with I, concussions is, you know, especially you never know. it's not necessarily the concussion; it's post-concussion syndrome. Right. Yeah. So and you, you, you don't really want to suffer that second concussion while having the second, the first one still. So mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's the problem. But that that does put a real big question as far as his longevity and his ability to get through the season. And I would think that would concern uh, Oh yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it does. I mean, I mean, there's a literally a massive portion of this fan base who actually hates Matt Murray, and I'm not, and I'm <laughs> actually dead serious about that, Dave. I am literally dead serious. Well, those people are are are, are silly people on Twitter that just should have lovers. their phones taken away. Flurry lovers, they're flurry lovers. <laughs> Well, I'm a Florida uh, lover, and I don't hate Matt Murray. <laughs> I know, yeah. But, I, I, you yeah. know, I'll tell you something. Here in Chicago, there are plenty of fans who never wanted to give Corey Crawford any credit for the work he did winning two Stanley Cups. I uh, well, seems honestly, to be the nature on, of the honestly, league. Yeah, um, I thought he was honestly the most overrated goalie in the league for a long time. And, oh, I got proved wrong pretty easily, so um, I'll eat my crow for that. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, you know, I used to, I used to always tell 
I used to always tell tell, uh, Corey Crawford critics, yeah, you know, for a guy who's got his name on the Stanley Cup twice, yeah, he's just a terrible goalie, you know. Yeah, it's awful. So, you know, guys, guys got his name on the cup twice. Not much you can say. You know, Murray's got his name on the cup. Uh, so, you know, you can say what you want about these guys, but they're, they're, they're Stanley Cup winning goalies. And that's the thing. Can, can Murray, with the concussion problems, get through this, this long playoff season? And he was heating up, well, too. He was playing outstanding. I mean, I know Dave, Dave would agree with that, right? He was playing very well before he went down. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, um, I, I, this is what I'll say about Matt Murray so far in his two-plus two years in the NHL. He's been a much, much, obviously, this might be an, uh, you know, a, a um, uh, uh, Captain Obvious quite, uh, statement, but he's been a much better postseason goalie than he has Regular season, yes, and yes. that was the for a long time. Hunter, I was arguing that the Penguins should keep Mark Andre Fleury. Let let, let uh-huh. Matt Murray get taken because we, we in the expansion draft we don't know the if Murray can sustain this success over the course of a whole season. We don't know if he can stay healthy over the course of a whole season. And so far, he has uh-huh. not proven either of those that he can be successful or um, healthy for a regular season. If he is healthy in the playoffs this year, I really like the Penguins' chances because Murray is a fantastic playoff goalie. But his yeah, his numbers healthy. in the playoffs are outstanding. Yeah, it, yeah, I, I want him healthy in the playoffs too. I, I don't want anyone else in that net. I mean, I mean, when when they took away Floyd, I mean, I was kind of sad, but then you know, I was also happy because they're getting a guy who he had the guy had back-to-back shutouts in the final. Like, that, that's very rare. That's when, honestly, that's when I stopped arguing uh, that they should keep Marc Andre Fleury and, and let Matt Murray go to Vegas. When, when Murray came in for Fleury and won the Senator series, and he shut out the Predators twice in games five and six, that was when yeah. I was like, okay, this is Murray's team, uh, and, and Murray is the number one goalie. He is legit, uh, but he hasn't done it in the regular season. And unfortunately, the Penguins, as you guys have alluded to, they don't have that goaltender depth to have Murray out in the playoffs like they did last year. They had Flurry yeah, come in on, with with the cape, and and he saved the day. But um, he did. Casey DeSmith, Tristan Jari, they're they're good goalies, but they're not coming in to save the day in the playoffs if Murray's injured. No way, no way. They're not. They're not. They're not Matt Murray. If they're not. No way. <laughs> no, I I would agree with you there. Right. Yeah. But again, you know, does any team have a goaltender that you can go to uh, as a backup and still try to make a, a run at the cup? I don't. A, uh, a couple do, I, I would don't, say. Yeah, probably maybe a few. I think for the Penguins, there's, there's a couple line of decisions that they do need to make other than getting Matt Murray back, but that's a topic for another day. <laughs> yeah, that's going to take a little bit more time. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a topic for another day because, guys, we are out of time. Uh, unfortunately, we're out of time. I think we had a lot of fun today. Um, but if you want to join us next week, come on back. Uh, Blog Talk Radio, WRSP Radio, Weekend Sports Huddle, Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. We will talk to you. This is Tom Pollan with Dave Holcomb, Hunter Hodes. We'll talk to you next week. 
Saturday morning. Thanks a lot for listening.